Yeah. Okay, so I'll I'll just sort of like discuss this piece of Zohar that I'm I'm learning at the moment about Rosh Hashanah, and it's very 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 crucial to me because um, there's a lot of uh, symbolism and imagery associated with Rosh Hashanah, which comes up in the prayers, it comes up in the in the ideas associated with Rosh Hashanah, and when you really understand the essence of Rosh Hashanah, you really understand these ideas in a very different way, in a very different light. And um, this has really, really helped me enormously to to understand what Rosh Hashanah is about. So um, it's a piece of Zohar. It's from the Parsha Vayera. Um, and the actual Zohar um, reads like this. Come and see... It is like this on the day of Rosh Hashanah and the day of Yom Kippur, that the judgment is to be found then in the world. And the state, Satan stands then to accuse, and Israel needs then to awaken in the shofar and to awaken a sound which is made up of water, fire and wind, and that is chesed gvotiferet, and they become one, to bring forth the sound from within the shofar. When we look at these words, I have a lot of questions. First of all, what is Rosh? What is Shana? What is the judgment? What is the Satan? What is the accusation? What are these words? What are these terms? And this mm-hmm. is what the, the, the Rabbi Ashlag goes deeply into. What he says is like this, explanation. The 12 months of the year are the tikkun of the Malchut from its beginning to its end. Since it is not completely finished until the Gemara tikkun, the end of the tikkun, we need each year to come back and rectify it. And therefore, mm. on each Rosh Hashanah, we start the Tikkun of the Malchut from the beginning, from again. We start it again. So the word Shana, Shin Nun Hei, Rosh Hashanah, is a cycle. All right. If you remember in the Shema, it says Vishinantem Levanecha. The word Vishinantem says, and you should repeat them diligently. It's the mm-hmm. idea of going over something again and again and again. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the word that we use for a year is the idea of something coming round again many times, again and again and again. So Rosh Hashanah mm-hmm. is the beginning of the cycle. Mm-hmm. And then he explains what this cycle consists of. It consists of the different months and times and weeks of the year. Okay. And these different times of the year, if we go around every day, every week, every, every Parshat Shavua, every festival, we mm-hmm. are working on the rectification mm-hmm. of the Malchut. Now, what is the Malchut? The Malchut is a vessel. It's the main vessel that we're associated with. It's the Shekhinah, which is the, the, the God within us. 
which is contained within the souls of all the people, together make up the malchut. Okay? So we have to correct, we have to do the tikkun of the vessel for the light of God, which resides within our souls. Okay, that's the tikkun of the malchut. And we do it through all the work that we do in spirituality during the year. We start the work anew each time on Rosh Hashanah. Rosh is the beginning of the year and it's the beginning of the cycle. Now, the Zohar continues, well, Rabbi Asha continues here in the Perush, and he says, just as the Malchut came forth on the fourth day of the work of creation, which was in the inner meaning of, and God made the two great lights. Then she was in the wholeness of the, the main light of God, which is the light of Chochmah without the light of Hasadim. Now, we need to look at see what is the fourth day of creation. Now, there's different traditions about Rosh Hashanah. What does Rosh Hashanah actually celebrate in terms of the creation of the world. And some traditions say it is the creation of man, and some say it's the uh, fourth day of creation. And I have absolutely, of course, no idea. Um, but this is what the Zohar here says. So this is what we'll, we'll flow with. So if we look in the Tanakh on the fourth day of creation, it says, and God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to distinguish between the day and the night. And they shall be for signs, for seasons, for days and for years. And these lights will be in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made the two great lights the big light to rule by day and the small light to rule by night and the stars. Now, there's a very interesting point here, which the sages have commented on both in the Gemara and in the Zohar, that there's this sentence, and God made the two great lights, the big light to rule by day and the small light to rule by night, is a very strange sentence. Because at the beginning of the sentence, you've got two big lights. And at the end of the sentence, you've got one big one and one small one. Mm, so something must have happened mm -hmm. between the beginning of the sentence and the end of the sentence. And what's happening is exactly what is written in the Zohar. That first of all, the light comes through to the Malchut in a very direct way. The Malchut receives her light from the Sphira of Bina. Now, we have in the, in the Kabbalah, as you know, a specific language. It's called the language of the branches. Right. And in the language of the branches, the Malchut is called the moon. The, in a level above the Malchut, which is the Zerampin, or Tiferet, is referred to as the sun. So God made the two lights, actually refers to 
the development of the sun and the moon in the Kabbalah is the Zerampin and the Malchut. And originally, they both receive their light from the Sefirah of Bina. Now, Zerampin, through its nature, has got the vessels of loving kindness, whereas the Malchut has the vessels for um, for receiving, being the vessels for the light of Chochmah. So Bina gives the light out according to the vessels, because the vessels, the light always goes according to which vessels are present. So the the Tiferet or the Zerampin, which is the sun, gets the light of loving kindness, and the Malchut, which is called the moon, gets the light of Chochmah, the direct light from God. But there's a problem. And the problem is, is that the Malchut needs the light to give the light to the souls. That's the purpose of the Malchut, the connection of of God with the souls. How the souls connect with God is through the Malchut. And the souls of man are not equipped to receive the light of God directly. It's too strong for us. If we were to receive this very strong light directly, we would unfortunately take it for our, with our wills to receive ourselves alone. It's too much for us. You might have heard of the term breaking of the vessels. That's exactly what would happen to us if we were to receive this very great light. So on the one hand, the Mahut receives this great light. But on the other hand, it's not useful to her because she can't use it to pass it on to the souls. And after all, that's her purpose. And this is what the Zohar continues by saying. And God made the two great lights. That is, in the great fullness of the light, which is the light of Chochmah, without the light of loving kindness. And therefore, the moon accused. Two kings cannot use one crown. That is to say, in the language, both of us can't receive from this light directly because she could not suffer the lack of the light of loving kindness. Because for the Malchut to be able to pass the light on to the souls, it must first be wrapped with the light of loving kindness. In other words, the human being must first do the work of giving in order to wrap this light. And the light mustn't be so strong. It has to be only the satisfaction of giving. We are not at a level that we are able to receive directly the light of God, even for the sake of giving. That will only come after the the end of the Tikkun. So, so long as this great light is shining, this is not useful for the Malchut. And that is the inner meaning of the Satan accused, because the accusation is able to take hold in the Malchut and cause dinim, stringencies. Because when the Malchut, this great light is in the Malchut, 
then the possibility of the human being using it for his own purposes it causes like if that we were to do that we would be in separation from god and that would cause suffering as a tikkun and that's what this whole concept of the satan is there standing to accuse it's language which means there's a danger that we would be in separation from god if we were to have access to this great light okay and wow. therefore it goes on to say we need to move this possibility from the malchut at that time because this great light is revealed on every rosh hashanah so on every that's amazing yes on every rosh hashanah wow we have this great light coming into the world just as it did on the very first time creation. of the creation of these great lights wow. because the same energies come around year after year mm. and then the satan stands to accuse the malchut in other words we are in danger of being separated from god and this is what is said then israel come to awaken with the shofar and to awaken the voice which is made up of fire water and air because in order to remove this possibility of using this great light and becoming with, with like the breaking of the vessels and becoming separated from god we need to do an action which will nullify the this great light and this action is the inner meaning of the voice which we raise up through the shofar now the voice that we raise up through the shofar is the voice of the malchut when it's sweetened with the light of bina which is the light of loving kindness and this is what it says bina which is called the shofar and what we do by blowing the shofar is we join this great light with the light of loving kindness and it all becomes basically a light of giving okay instead of a light of receiving it's the light of or of the order hokhma we emphasize the light of giving okay and that is what we do with the action of the shofar zohar continues and then the accusation of the satan is removed from the malchut because we're no longer liable to receive for ourselves alone and this voice then goes up and instead of the seat of judgment the malchut moves to the seat of loving kindness i'm sure you must have heard in the prayers of rosh hashana that god 
moves from the seat of judgment to the seat of loving kindness. Of course, there's no man sitting up there. It, it's it, what it means. It's 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 the symbolism again. It means that the these this great light, uh, which causes stricture, which causes stringency, which causes which could cause separation, and uh, if we were to to receive it directly, is removed, and we have the seat the, the, of mercy. Now, Rachamim is this middle line. Rachamim is this beautiful uh, a combination of the, a little amount of the light of, of wisdom, which comes through. Uh, it's called the Ha'arad Chochma, a small amount of the light of wisdom, but mostly the light of loving kindness. And that blended together is called Rachamim, is called mercy or compassion so god is then sitting on the what's called the seat of, of of mercy and this voice goes up from below and this is the sound of jacob the sound of yaakov and then god oh, the holy blessed one awakens in mercy just as israel awaken the sound from below which is made up of the fire, the water and air, which come forth from within the shofar, so awakens opposite them in the shofar above. Like just as there's a shofar below, there's a shofar above in the higher worlds. And that is Bina. The power to sound the shofar is fire. The sound itself, which comes through, is air and the with the air comes forth water vapor which is water and they are for chesed gvura and tiferet okay so the the sound is made up of the svirot chesed gvura and tiferet and they awaken the the mercy above in bina and from that comes forth the light to the Zerampin and the Malchut. And thus, we have the light of loving kindness comes forth. And the world is rectified. That is, the Malchut is rectified. And compassion is to be found. That's yes, the, that's really beautiful stuff. I that I'm um, it's really amazing. I'm kind of blown without words to express how this was how interesting that was. I, I I'm telling you, Jody, it 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 changed my life literally mm -hmm. um, when I first uh, learned this material. Mm. Um, I. Part of this is not surprising to me, and um, I guess the part that isn't surprising is that it's cyclical, right? And that it is the head of the cycle. Um, that part is not surprising, but the depth and breadth of the um, I love that part, the mechanical part about the. Shofar and the, you could say the physical, sensual, sense, you know, oriented, um, sensory, 
physical, sensory, and also the spiritual elements coalescing. That part is really neat. It's, um, well, I think there's two elements. First of all, there's the true understanding of the um, terms and the prayers um, and mm -hmm. the imagery around Rosh Hashanah. What does judgment really mean? Um, what are we really what are we really doing on Rosh Hashanah? Why do we blow the shofar? Mm. Um, wow! This is this for me. This was very 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 important because um, we can see what an important role mm -hmm. uh, the Jewish people have when we blow the shofar on Rosh Hashanah. Because mm. when we blow the shofar on Rosh Hashanah, we are bringing compassion into the world. Mm -hmm. And we're bringing the light of compassion. We're bringing the possibility of compassion. We're bringing the vessel of compassion into the world. Um, and if we do it on Rosh Hashanah, if it's the beginning of the of the year, then what, of course, happens in the Rosh, which happens in the uh, uh, first, the, the 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 beginning is comes through subsequently in the rest of the year. Rosh has a connotation in the Kabbalah of being of being like the potential, and then mm -hmm. which is then brought forth in the body. Now, oh. like like um, you know, in the in a person, we first we have a thought and then we have an action. Um, similarly, there is an, this concept in the Kabbalah that there's first what, what happens in the spiritual entity happens first in the Rosh, in the, in the head of the spiritual entity, and then it comes through in the actualization um, in the spiritual entity. Mm. And so we have the, we're bringing forth a possibility of compassion a possibility of a vessel through the 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 action that we do on Rosh Hashanah. And then we throughout the year, we are able to bring that through. And it's not just bringing it through for us, it's bringing it through for the whole world. I mean, if we look at yeah. the world, look how much the world needs compassion. Mm -hmm. The whole world needs the vessel of compassion. What a tremendously important role Am Yisrael have in, on Rosh Hashanah when we blow the shofar. You know, I, I mean, I always knew that, it, that it's important to blow the shofar. And, you know, one of the earliest symbols of Rosh Hashanah when I was young would be the shofar. But the depth of, the, of just knowing what we learned today is just so much more intriguing and interesting and powerful and, and significant than just blowing the shofar to come to call people to worship. Totally. You know oh, yes. Oh, yes. It's just like raining flowers, you know. It's just, oh, it's yeah. beautiful. It's just so yes. important. And the point about the shofar being water, fire, and air, I've never, ever, mm -hmm. ever in my life heard it expressed that way. And so the water, um, fire, and air is really a metaphor for the Sfirot, Chesed, Gvura, and Tiferet. So we are activating light. We're activating, uh, we're creating a vessel for, for the light of, of 
of of of of balance for the light of compassion it's the balancing light which mm. comes in into the world and we see this theme of of three uh coming in in rosh hashanah i find it, it it's there you've got avraham yitzhak yakov um the the main prayer on on the amidah of rosh hashanah is i've got my my machsa handy because i've been looking at my machsa uh, uh says and you shall sanctify uh, you shall be sanctified your name o lord our god over israel your people and it starts with uvachain now that stands for avraham apparently then there's another one uvachain tain pachtacha is and <coughs> sorry and you shall put your fear o lord our god on all your creatures that is for yitzhak because yitzhak is for gvura avraham is chesed and yitzhak is gvura and then the next one uzavchein ten kavod lamecha and give and so you shall give glory to your people that is tiferet and that is for yakov so we have this theme of avraham yitzhak and yakov okay and then the last one uvachain tzadikim yiru is for the three of them together which is for david amelech which is um uh, the malchut so we have avraham who's chesed yitzhak who's gvura yakov who's tiferet and together they they rectify the malchut okay and so we have in the prayers we have the same structure of of the of the of the balancing or between chesed gvura and tiferet balances them and 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 that brings us to the balanced way for the malchut which is through the way of compassion through the light of compassion yeah so it's in the it's in the main prayers of of rosh hashanah as well and when we come to the language in the machsa of rosh hashanah when we say for example remember us for life the king who delights in life write us in the book of life rabbi ashlag reminds us that we're not actually asking for physical life it's not that we're concerned with we're concerned with can i connect with the source of my spiritual life with with the life which is god and of course if we can't connect with god directly just like the malchut can't can't receive this great light directly the way for us to be in connection with god is being in affinity of form is dvekut which is what we've been learning all the way through which is how can i give okay because when we are in affinity of form we are giving just as god is giving we are giving so remember us for life means we need to remember remind us to remember to give and then we will get 
in connection with the source of our life. This is what all the prayers are about. It's remember us for life is we we need to ask God to help us remember to be in connection with him and that means to give isn't that wonderful yeah I, I'm looking in my um, for, for Yom Kippur and Rosh Hashanah and it says blowing the shofar the Torah describes Rosh Hashanah as the day on which the shofar is sounded Numbers 29.1 in the Bible, the sounding of the shofar is associated with a call to war, a cessation of war, and the assembly of people. Quintessentially, God's descent on Sinai was accompanied by a shofar blast. Later, Jewish tradition saw the call to shofar as God's call for us to return to tshuva. So what is, I mean, it's like, what am I, you're telling me there's flowers and it's beauty and compassion and this is sending me to war? Is that Excuse crazy? Excuse me. Excuse me, Jody. Is that um, a conservative? Yes. Uh, okay, that's yes. what I needed to know. Okay. Yes, this is a new one. Okay. Okay. But isn't that interesting, Yadida? Hmm. Well, I think it's a shame. Isn't that? I mean, I'm like, this is pathetic. Isn't that sad? I think it's terrible. Yeah. I think it's absolute iniquity that the 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 people who are writing these books and who are teaching. Um, don't actually know. Look, it's not that it's what they're writing is completely wrong. It's true that the shofar was and is today sound, is, sounded mm-hmm. um, in the time of war. Um, but it's sounded it all depends on how you receive it um i was listening to a very beautiful um talk by a, a lesson a, a torah lesson which was on the radio by rabbi yishmuel eliyahu who's the son of rabbi mordechai eliyahu he's the chief rabbi of tzfat and he said if we look in the um time of david amelech King David. And when Solomon, his son, was anointed by the priest, Tzadok the priest, the Mashiach Hashem, and he was the, you know, he was the Mashiach, or, 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 in a sense he really was, because he was anointed and he was the son of David, and he had the, he built the temple. Um, they blew the shofar. Now, they blew the shofar, and all the people who were there were very happy, were, were, were glad and were happy and were giving thanks. Okay? But a little distance away, one of David's other sons, Adonijah, was rebelling against David. And when the people surrounding Adonijah heard the sound of the shofar, they were frightened and they were trembled and they were were scared. So 
you have the sound of the shofar. One camp, one the people who were together with God, who were doing the bringing through the vessel that one day would build the temple, were happy with the sound of the shofar, and the other group were frightened by it. Isn't that that interesting? So, yeah, we need to understand what this means. Mm -hmm. When we are in a state of the the usual state of the world, which is the will to receive for ourselves alone, Rabbi Ashtag likens that to to a bat. You know, a bat which flies around at night and gets its food at night. When the day comes, it doesn't like the day because the day is not suitable for it. Whereas when the cock crows, because it senses the beginning of the day, it says, why do you, why do you want the day? Because for the bat, the day isn't any good. And this is actually describing an attitude of mind. When we are totally involved with our will to receive for ourselves alone, our ego, the call to give, and it's talking about unconditional giving, is complete anathema. It's completely the opposite. We can't understand it. What for? What, am I going to be the one, the, one, the friar? Am I going to be the... The idiot? Am I going to be the one they're all going to trample over? Why me? Right? We can't see the point of it. So the will to give sounds like um, an attack. The idea of completely unconditional giving is it sounds like an attack on the ego. Mm-hmm. So you can see that depending on our state of consciousness, the call of the shofar could be heard as a call for compassion mm-hmm. or a call of war. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because it's like a war on the ego. Right. Yeah. If we're connected with the soul, the soul is, wow, it's wonderful. It's the call to compassion. It's what I've been yearning for. If we're connected with the ego, it's like a, it's like a war call. You know, it's an attack on the ego. And it doesn't like it. It says, chuva? What do I want to do chuva for? And it's, you know, it's like a very harsh idea. Now, the Zohar is talking from the perspective of the soul. But I'm so glad you, rose, you, you, you read that out and you raised that up. It doesn't, yeah, it's very important, in my view, to bring through for our generation the the vessel of the soul. Oh, absolutely, yes. Okay, what might have been okay in previous generations, they were able to connect with this battle thing. Um, Our generation are not able to connect with it. Exactly, exactly. Because, and this is big, why? Because we are the generation of Mashiach. The, the Rabbi of Lubavitch said that the, and this was again brought up in the, in the lesson with Rabbi uh, uh, Shmuel Eliyahu um, on Monday. The Rabbi of Lubavitch, the last Rabbi of Lubavitch said, 
our generation is the last generation of the exile and the first generation of the redemption. And because we are the first generation of redemption, we are the first generation of, of, of Gula, then of redemption, then we need the tools for Gula. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's why I thrill to 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 the to the sound of compassion. And the war cry doesn't do much for me. Oh no, no, no. I I mean it gives I'm having like a visceral response to this what you're saying because seriously because because it's so much better it's so much better all of a sudden yes absolutely we are the generation of Mashiach now if you look at that story that Rabbi um, Shmuel Eliyahu brought of the shofar at the time of uh, uh, when when Solomon was anointed and he called Solomon in the show he said Solomon was Mashiach Hashem was the was the anointed one of God? And we are the people awaiting Mashiach. Then we are happy with the sound of the shofar. We're joining with the sound of the shofar. We're joining with the vessel of compassion. Okay, because we are the generation of Mashiach. Whereas the 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 when we are having to fight the ego, we hear it as a battle cry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's perfect symbolism. It's 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 it is it is this. Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, it's perfect. It, if that's the you know, if that's is. your approach. It is. It's it's all to do with looking at at what vessel are we making and so when we blow the shofar we're bringing in the sound of compassion we're connecting the soul with compassion we're creating the vessel of compassion for the world and the world needs compassion mm-hmm. we need mm-hmm. we need compassion and we need the wisdom of compassion it's not just chesed blind chesed is not going to get us through on, on its own. We need all of it. We need Avraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. We can see this. We need the the chesed, the, the loving kindness of Avraham with the wisdom of Yitzhak and the combination with Yaakov and the compassion brought through by Yaakov. We need all three now. I mean, we can see, I, I mean, the state of the world, it's only God's going to get us through. It's only God. I mean, there is logically, we do not know how this, you know, what's happening now, how it's going to play out. And I don't think it's an accident that it's happening around Rosh Hashanah time. Mm-mm. Um, um, so it's you, you a, did... a very important opportunity for the for the world, for the Jewish people, to 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 truly pray for compassion when we hear the sound of the shofar. What's expressed in our inner self is what's what's expressed in the inner aspect of the world. What's expressed in our outer self is is what's is expressed in the world. So what happens in the in the in the macrocosm in the big picture is actually made up from the microcosm, from what's happening within each one of us. And in fact, yes. and in fact, the a, a person, another word name for a person is a world. A man is considered as a small world. Mm. 